but we, we started talking about the, the mystery. Why, why is this important to me? Uh, this is a Davidism. You, you can agree with this, disagree with it, whatever you want to do, whatever your doctrine is. I just feel like the church is not living up to the level of what the church is supposed to be. Uh, I include us in that. I include other people. We just don't see uh, the miracles. We don't see the power that, that what I read in the Bible. And, uh, and then I, I started seeing this mystery that Paul talked about. And so I started studying it out and it started intriguing me. There was something that he talked about in this that to me, it's, it's where we're missing. And uh, we, we, we kind of focus on uh, just whether we, you know, whether we said the sinner's prayer and whether we go to church or not. And a lot of people don't even ca- calculate in going to church or not. They just say they're a Christian because they say they're a Christian. Uh, but everything I read in the Bible, in fact, just one verse, I'll just quote, these signs shall follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now we see that, we get it every once in a while, but it's not, that, that should be the normal, not the abnormal. Uh, he that was rich became poor that we might be rich. And that another verse that we having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Very few Christians live in that realm. Uh, a lot of them live paycheck to paycheck, some even worse. Some, some have managed, you know, because of their good stewardship to, to have more than enough. But there's a way in God that, that we should live at a level that's far above the level of the natural. This is why I'm going this way. And so I, I want to start off. I'm going to, uh, there's only a handful of verses that talk about the mystery. And, uh, uh, but there's four things that I, I'm, I'm kind of weaving in here. We'll add another one in tonight. Uh, but one is the mystery. Another is the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God is a term that's used quite a bit in the Bible. And a lot of people use it. A lot of people think that when they say the kingdom of God, it's talking about going to heaven. But Jesus said in Luke, that there are some standing here right now that shall see the kingdom of God come without power before they taste death. I don't have the, the verse exactly perfect, but I covered all the points in it. And uh, so the kingdom of God is not heaven. It's an operational system. It's, a, it's an element of power. And so we're, we, we talked about the kingdom of God. There's another element of fellowship, uh, which we're going to bring in tonight. And then there's uh, the aspect of Paul's gospel which I've talked about. And he's talked about the preaching of Jesus Christ and my gospel, Paul saying that. So there, there's these four components that so far, I mean, there's elements within the components that's going to take us to operate in it, but there's something that is of more power. And a, a person can easily say, and I, I think whenever I say easily say, I think this would actually be something more common than not, um, because they, they can look at this and they can say something like, well, that, this takes so much. But yes, it does take something, but the benefit of it is so much greater than the effort. Uh, we get a mind block on time and effort. Uh, wow, that takes too much time. That takes too much discipline. But God has never asked us to do anything that he has. The benefit of doing it is he's never asked us where the benefit of doing it is not like so much greater than the effort it takes to do it. Um, I mean, I, I would venture to say that everybody would be open to having twice as much money as they have right now. Uh, there probably would be one person that said, no, I don't want that. I'd love that. But, you know, all of us could. It just takes effort. And uh, I don't know what the most expensive car around, 
Uh, I've often said, you know, anybody can drive, I'm just going to say Mercedes, you may not like Mercedes, I'm just talking about expensive cars. Anybody can drive a Mercedes if they're willing to pay the price. Well, on one level, you're just thinking, yeah, if I had the money, I'd pay the price. No, you can pay the price to have the money. But, but a lot of people are not. I can't remember who I heard say it. Uh, Brian Tracy, uh, maybe Jim Rohn, somebody like that. But they were, they were really struggling. I think it's Jim Rohn because I remember he said I didn't have a penny in my pocket or something like that. And he had a mentor and uh, he was complaining to his mentor because his mentor was trying to challenge him to do more. And he said, uh, um, he says, no, they, I, I can't. This is all they pay. And the guy says, really? It's your job. That's all they pay. Yes, this is all they pay. This is all I can make. He says, you're telling me there's not one person at that company that makes more money than you? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people that make more money than you, but this is all they'll pay me. He said, yeah, that's all they're willing to pay you. Change you, and they'll pay more. And, and it was a light bulb that went off for him that's like, yeah, why, why am I not as valuable as the guy you know, that's making a lot more money than me? We, we get stuck in these mindsets that... You know, we all have a doctrine, we all have a position, we all have a, uh, an opinion, and we get stuck on our opinion or what we're focused on, and we don't see what's, what's, what's going on. And so this is where this is a mystery, and where, where I'm coming from, this is just Davidism, where I'm coming from is, as I read the Bible, there's more. That's, that's why I came to, and I've talked about a lot, that uh, I, I saw in the Bible, I don't have to get sick. And, and, and I stopped, and it didn't take me very long to think, but I thought, I don't think I've ever enjoyed being sick. <laughs> so why don't I stop doing that? Well, that goes against all natural mindset. Well, you can't not be sick. Yeah, I can, because I haven't been sick now since I got the revelation. Everything that Jesus bought, paid for, redeemed us from, there's three things that Jesus redeemed us from. Anybody know what they are? Health. Say what? Health. health. Or He didn't redeem us from health. He redeemed us from sickness. But I, I get what your point. I mean, you, you got it right. He just said it on the other side. Okay, he's re, he redeemed us from sickness and disease. Well, if he redeemed us from sickness and disease, how much of sickness and disease do we have to participate in? Yeah. What else did he redeem us from? Poverty. 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 Poverty, lack is the second one. Well, if he redeemed us from poverty and lack, guess what? We don't have to live, we don't have to live it. What's the third one? Death. Eternal death. Is that he, he took care of us. We don't have to go to hell. Three things that he redeemed us from. Now, on the, the eternal death, nobody has a problem with that. I know Jesus, praise God, hallelujah, I'm not going to hell, I'm going to go to heaven, I'm going to live for eternally in heaven, hallelujah. You don't have to be sick. Say what? No, no, no. there's sickness and disease all around here. You don't have to be uh, lack or impoverished. No, 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 you don't understand inflation, economics, taxation, and all these different things. Jesus didn't have a problem with taxation. He said, go catch a fish. Now, be serious here, because this is like what, April 12th? And so like April 18th, you have to have your taxes in. So we're like in tax season right now. So if you were to come to me and say, man, Pastor, it's been a, I mean, it was a good year because I made money, but man, I owe $1,500 in taxes. And I told you, go fish. The money will be in the mouth. What are you going to do? Yeah, you know, you know, right? <laughs> You're going to walk away and think he's an idiot. Because 
it doesn't translate in our mind that it would, oh, sure, it worked for Jesus. I believe that story, but that couldn't work for me. See, we all have a, we all have a mentality that locks us out of the things that God has done. So what kind, of, what kind of statements do we say in that mentality? We say things like, um, uh, well, that never happens for me. You just closed your off to anything, for, for anything to happen for you. Well, I don't believe that that's true. What if it is? What, what if your belief is wrong? Are you willing to challenge your belief? Well, I don't think that's important. What if it is? Are you willing to deal with that? See, now, now me, I love the story of Andre, uh, Peter and Latrice's son. And uh, he said that he noticed that every time the boy, his brothers acted up, they got a whipping. And he didn't want to get a whipping, so he didn't act up. He followed the rules. It's a brilliant uh, line of thinking. He said he didn't get, he didn't get like any whippings or like. There were very few. Yeah. I mean, because he knew that like, hey. I just go ahead and do what they say because I don't want the outcome. Why, why don't we want the outcome that God says in that if I'll do what he says, it'll work on my behalf. I think one of the things, and I'm not dogging people because I, I believe I'm living below what God has said. So I'm, I'm picking on myself just as much as I'm picking on anybody else. We've never tasted it. I remember, I remember watching, we'll get to a verse here in just a minute. Uh, I remember watching, and this goes back, man, it's got to be at least 15 years ago, probably even longer, 20, 25 years ago. But they were doing like an expose or something like that, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous or uh, something. And there was a penthouse in New York that cost $15,000 a night back 20, 25 years ago, whatever it was. And I remember, I remember watching that. They said that only like Arab Sikhs, Sheiks or whatever they call them, stayed in it. I mean, like... Like, who can afford $15,000 a night? You know, just the uber uh, wealthy are the ones that are, are going to stay in it. And I remember looking at that, and I, I said to myself, if I had enough money that I could afford to do that, I still don't think that I could do that. And it just, like, immediately rose up. You'll never do that. Now, let's flip it over on God for just a minute. Does God have $15,000 a night? I mean, like, do you really believe that? Or are you just saying it because it's a God thing? Do you really believe that he has streets of gold, that he owes the cattle on a thousand hills, that this whole worth and the fullness thereof, Psalms 24, is his? Then what's $15,000 a night? It was my thinking. I still think it's a waste, but, but I, I've got to be real with my thinking in where I'm at it. And we, we put the limitations. So if there's this mystery that was hidden before uh, the beginning of the world, how am I going to see it? Or what are the major blockages for me to see it? Is going to be my, my, my current construct. I, I was thinking about whenever uh, uh, Ralph was talking about the, uh, uh, the ties and the testimonies. I like the way he tied it in there on the testimonies. And I thought, you know, I always look forward to my tithing sheet, my tax sheet at the end of the year. I want to see how much my tithe was and how much my giving was. Now, you you got to take it because, like, my goal is that we give 51% of what we make. That's my goal. We're not there yet. I think this tax year, we're probably in the, like, 41 to 43%, somewhere in there. 
So we, we give, you know, 10% of that 41% is a tithe, and then that would make what? 31% in offerings? Okay, probably most people give in offerings, you know, less than 5%. But, but I always look at two things happen. I, I'm always looking forward to seeing how much I gave for this year. Did I beat last year? And then I'm always sad. God, I should have been able to give more. I, I, I know because what, what a lot of people do, they get hung up. If they were to see the numbers that are on my, my giving statements that I get, they would freak out that they gave that much money. But when I see it, I know that it's only a percentage of what I made. So, so the increase was, fo- was so much better. See, because if, if we did 43%, that means my 100% was a lot more. As it grow, because as a percentage, you can't grow the, the, the part without growing the base. The rate is the part divided by the base. Remember the equation? How to figure it out. So you, you can't increase the part or the rate without increasing the base. See, but, but there's a realm in God that it operates, but, but we're blinded from seeing it. So, so I'm gonna, what I want to start off uh, tonight is I want to go through the, because there's only a handful of scriptures on this, so I want to read the ones that we've read so far. So we're going to start off here in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 11. Thank you. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. So there's a mystery in the kingdom of God. It's not just heaven. Now heaven... The kingdom of heaven operates, the operational system of heaven is operating on the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God operates here also. Watch this in verse 12. That seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. This is how the mystery operates. It's a mystery because unless you tap into the spiritual component of it, you'll see it, you'll hear it, but you won't perceive the answer to it. Well, yeah, I remember one time I, I had a class, and I called it Deep Things. And I, I told people before I had the class, I said, I'm going to do this over like a three, four week period. And, uh, but I'm going to talk deep things. Don't come if you're not interested in deep things. Uh, because, and, and I had people there, and I remember a person coming up to me and saying, you know, I don't get it. You, you're talking all this stuff, but it doesn't make sense to me. That seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven. If a person just absolutely saw this easily, like think of Adam. When Adam sinned, Adam's eyes had to be closed also because if he was, could I say, smart enough? Uh, he, all he had to do is run back to the tree of life and he could have turned everything back around, but he didn't do it. He ran and hid himself. It's what sin does. It's create, it creates guilt and shame which causes us to behave a certain way. So, so God's not just going to let everybody run into this. Uh, people are going to see and not perceive. They're going to hear and not hear. And, and so there's elements of this that creates this, this mystery that we've been talking about. Now look at verse uh, uh, 24. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear with what measure you meet. It shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. 
And so, and for he that hath, to him shall be given, and he that hath not, from him shall be taken away. So this was all in relationship to the, the parable of the sower, that everything works. Because remember, Jesus said when we talked about this, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand any, any of my other parables. Because I'm going to talk, I'm going to use the word riddles. I'm going to talk in riddles that you're not going to be able to see it. Because I don't want people to just say, oh yeah, I'll go do that. You know? He says, I want them to believe. I want them to seek and they shall find. So, so there, there's a key here that within this mystery, it's going to operate on the laws and the principles of seed time and harvest. And so uh, going back to the offering, most people struggle in giving because they don't understand the magnitude of God's uh, principles. Now, uh, I, I think I said it on one of my live streams or maybe in, in a service here recently, but, you know, um, the, the sowing and reaping message has been something I've been around for a long time. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, there's a 30, there's a 60, and there's a hundredfold return. You know, then you start hearing people talk about a thousandfold return, a ten thousandfold return. A, you know, that, now they're talking about a billionfold return. No, that's biblical. If I could get people living in the 30-fold return, I could change your life. Because just stop and think about it. If you, it on, on the money multiplication, because a fold is a thousand, not a percentage. So if you gave an offering of $250, a 30-fold return on that would be $7,500. How many times would you give a $250 offering? I mean, if we saw everything turn over just like that, it doesn't work this way. There's more to it, but I'm just giving a simple math equation. See, but most people would struggle giving a $250 offering, and yet they're wanting to tap into a $1,000, fold return. It's like, if you could just live at the 30-fold return, it'll change your whole life. And how we measure out is how it's going to be measured back to us. Now, this is going to be all arenas of life, but this is part of that mystery of the kingdom of God. Go to John chapter 3. Amen. We dealt a lot with John chapter 3. I did a whole live stream on it. But verse 5 said, 3, 5, says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, he says, base, David's translation you're going to have to be born of water and you're going to have to be born of, of spirit to get the key to the door. Unless a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter in. He did not say that when you're born of water and you're born of spirit, you are in and operating in the kingdom of God. Because it's a mystery. There's a lot of, uh, of baptized, spirit-filled believers that they, they can't beat a headache with their faith. They can't believe $5 in. Okay, the, the kingdom of God is how we measure. It'll be measured to us. And there is, and we're going to see it in some other scriptures tonight. There is, and the, the comparison is no comparison. I mean, I mean, let's just use dollar figures. $250, get $7,500 back. That's like, there's no comprehension. And he said some 30, some 60, some 100. So I, I'm guessing on the math, I didn't do it in my head, but um, on the 250, if you hit a 60-fold return, would that double the, the 7,500 and make it 15,000? Because 60 is double 30, I, I would guess. If not, it's going to be a big number anyway. See, if I can just live in the provision of the kingdom of God in all arenas of my life, what God has promised to me or is willing to do, Ephesians 3.20, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. 
Well, on an investment return, $250 investment, $7,500 return, that's like pretty much beyond what I would think. I mean, because most people, if they made a $250 investment and they got $125 back, they're rocking. That's a 50% return. Most people, if they get a 10, 12, 14% return, they're happy. So what return on life should you and I have? So just because I've been born of water and of the Spirit does not mean that I have entered into this system because there's a mystery in this system and, and there's something beyond where I'm presently, list, uh, uh, pres presently living. Now, let's go to Romans 16. Uh, we do, I spent a lot of time on this last Wednesday. I'm just going to read it this time. Uh, now to him that, that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. So this was a mystery that was kept secret since the world began. Um, so, so now let's go over to the book. of Those are the verses that we've dealt with so far. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Amen. <clears throat> Ephesians 3, 1. So my, my whole foundation there of what I was, was dealing with is that I, I want to prime you, pique your interest, do something in you is that there is far more than where we're at. You can be healthier than what you are. Your family can function better than what it's functioning. Your money can function more efficiently than what it's functioning. Everything that God has done for us is of unequal balance. You do this, God says, and there's some kind of re requirement. And I will do this, which is a lot more than what he said. All right, so Ephesians chapter one, verse, or chapter 3, verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment, because we're going to hit on it two or three times. How do we define a prisoner? What's that? They're in chains, okay. Incarcerated. Okay. These are all negative terms. Because like incarcerated, can you decide to walk out? No. Could Paul have walked away from God? Yes. Okay, so so in a in a say again? Kept by. Kept by. Because if you're incarcerated, you are kept by. Okay, but there's a different connotation because kept by has a positive uh, connotation to it where we're incarcerated has a negative one so he says i'm a prisoner now when you're a prisoner are you operating based on what you want to do so there's an element where he said I i've surrendered me to him i'm a prisoner of jesus christ now a lot of times when we if you understand and you'll meditate on this for a while and kind of think through the scenario of a prisoner he brought himself into i'm going to <clears throat> I'm going to, uh, he calls himself a bond servant in another place. In, in, in other words, that would be a, a self-submitted servant. Uh, but he says, I'm a prisoner here of Jesus Christ. Now, when we say Jesus Christ, we typically think of the man Jesus that walked on the face of the earth. But we're going to see something in Ephesians as we walk through here that Paul starts identifying because in this chapter we're seeing a lot of, in fact, uh, the heading that somebody put in my Bible says the mystery made known is the topic of this chapter, according to the person who ever wrote that. 
For this, call I, for this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word. Now, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, because one other element that we've talked about in this is grace. The grace message has been so perverted that most people don't even know what grace is. But on three, uh, on chapter 3, what was that, verse 2? Yeah. Let me read this out of the Amplified. Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was entrusted to me to dispense to you for your benefit. So Paul said, God, this is the understanding of the mystery and how this grace works. God has given me stewardship over this, this, this ministry, this, this understanding of grace and how it applies, so I can dispense it to you so that you can understand it. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in a few, in a few words. So, so he says here that his understanding game came by revelation. If you remember back in Mark chapter 4 that we talked, so seeing they see, but they perceive not. You have to have revelation. So how much revelation are we trying to get out of the word of God or how much knowledge are we trying to get out of the Word of God? Because it's going to make a difference in the outcome of what we walk in. Verse 4. Now this is a key. Whereby, when we read, we may understand, or you may understand, my knowledge in the mystery of... Wait a minute. Does your Bible say Christ? I thought we were talking about... Another mystery. What's the mystery of Christ? God's grace. Okay, because Jesus was uh, full of grace and truth. What would you say? The hidden truths of God. The hidden truths of God. What else does Christ mean? The anointing. The anointing. Now, okay, let me... Let me do something here. Go to, just hold your place here and go to chapter 1. Verse 11. In whom also... Well, go to 10. That in, the that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. So what are all things gathered into? Christ. Both which are in heaven... And which are on earth, even in him. Who's the him? Christ. Okay. Now, when you say Christ right there, do you mean Jesus or do you mean Christ? I heard both. I heard people say Jesus and I heard people say Christ. Because Christ was not Jesus' surname, last name. It described, like, like uh, when, um, what was the guy's name in Acts chapter 10 that came to Peter? Um, his alms went up before the Lord. Cornelius, thank you. Uh, says, go to Simon the Tanner's house. Okay, so the Tanner was not his last name. Right. He was like a Tanner of hides. hides. Saul of Tarsus became Paul, but he was Saul from the city of Tarsus. Jesus, Christ, is Jesus the anointed. Okay, so everything is going to be kept in him or in the anointing. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, 
If you're not in a King James Version Bible, you're, this next verse is probably going to be translated incorrectly. But it, So just look at me if you're not in a King James. That we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Jesus was the first to trust in Christ. Now, sometimes that's hard to wrap our minds around because we, we say he was the Christ. No, he was a man stripped down of his heavenly privileges to operate the way you and I would operate, which is by the anointing. He trusted in the anointing. Now, we say things like we're in Christ and uh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, and we have all these great little Christianese words. But do you trust in the anointing in your life? Or do you trust in your skill set? Well, I just don't know what I would say to them if I were to, if I were to witness to them. Translation, I don't trust in Christ, so, so I can't do that. Because if you trusted in the anointing, you can do all things through. Oh, wait a minute. Another verse there. I can do all things through the anointing. Okay, so go back to chapter 3. Verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Now, this is a, this is a global mindset of God. Now, just think about your, um, your knowledge of the word of God and what happened, say, the Old Testament and the Israelites. How much were, the, when they said the, the whole world, what did they think? The Jewish nation. The Jewish nation. Their people, that was the whole world to them. When, when Jesus came along in Matthew chapter 28 and said, Go ye in all the world, what did they hear? Jewish nation. Go to where all the Jews are. But in Genesis chapter 12, when God dealt with Abraham, he said, Come out from among your brethren. Be, no, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, but basically he did say that. Come out from among, among your family. Genesis chapter 12. Uh, now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of that country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, and unto a land that I will show thee. I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Is he talking about just the, the Jewish nation? No. From the very foundation, God wanted the whole earth as his family. So he says that here in verse 6. That, uh, that the Gentiles or the non-Jews should be fellow heirs. So this is part of this mystery of what God set up was for the whole world, for all people, for, for every nation, for every tongue. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Now, Pastor Harbaum dealt with this verse right here on his, uh, his session tonight. It, it was powerful because he talked about how people get, they want to do good things, but they don't have the grace to do it. 
Uh, you see this in ministry. There, there's a lot of pastors that have to go on sabbaticals. I'm getting burned out. I just got to I got to take some time off because you're probably in a, a position you're not graced for. There's no such thing as burnout in Christ because Christ doesn't get burned out. Now, can humans get burned out? Oh, absolutely. Because they're trying to do something in their own strength. Verse 8. Unto me, who am the less, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace... Why does he say that? Why does he call himself the less of the least? Because of how he persecuted himself. What did you say? He wasn't part of the twelve. Okay, he wasn't part of the twelve. Uh, what did you say? Because he persecuted the church. Yeah, he persecuted the church. So, you know, a lot of people came in, they accepted their Christians, but they, they didn't stand against what God did, but he stood against what God did. So, the, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ? Now, this goes back into verse 4, whereby when you, or verse 2, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace which is given me to you, uh, and the working in verse 4 of the knowledge in the mystery of Christ, what are the unsearchable riches? Now, if it, why would it be unsearchable? Why would the riches of Christ be unsearchable? Because you can't find it by searching. It's, it's, it's tied up in this mystery. This is where I'm, I'm saying, and I'm coming back from this, is a Davidism, is that we're living way far below because we've not, we've not tapped into how big this thing is. And to make all men see, now, now you've got to remember uh, what, we, what we talked about over there in uh, Mark chapter 4, seeing they didn't see, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. We're going to have to fellowship with this. We're going to have to have fellowship with this. There's going to be a working relationship with us and the Spirit or with us and grace or with us and the anointing to, to operate in this. And uh, um, the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God. So again, we come back that this has been hid in God. But watch this. Who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now th this comes back as if you know your Bible, you know in Genesis chapter 1, he spoke, he said it was done. He saw what was done and it was good. But he said that here that everything was made by Jesus Christ. Well, in the John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh, and He was the Anointed One. So what fellowship do we have with Him now? I heard a pastor say one time, You got Jesus in your heart? Let's cut Him out and see what He looks like. But they're thinking of the man being in the blood pump. How Jesus said, it's better that I go away. It's better for you that I go away. Why would he say that? 
Because I, I would think it would be pretty cool that you get sick, you go run to them and say, hey, I'm sick, would you do something? You know, or hey, maybe my taxes are due, would you tell me something? I mean, wouldn't it be great to have a friend like that? But he says, no, it's better for me to go away. Why? Because now we can have the same fellowship that he had. Now we can be in the same position because the Bible says he was the firstborn of many brethren. Who's the many brethren? We are. So we can walk in the same thing he walked in. How did he do it? He was the first to trust in Christ. He was the first that lived in human form, natural form, that he operated trusting in the anointing to manifest in his life. Go ahead. Wasn't it also so he, he was going to empower us with his spirit, so now we could, he had a lot more people accomplishing his ministry? Well, He was I just mean, himself. Yeah, but the empowerment of the spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 1, 8, and you shall receive power. But see, there's a lot of people that are filled with the Spirit that have no power. Or, I mean, they have power because they have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is power, but they don't know how to use it. Why don't they know how to use it? Well, one of the big things is they don't trust in the anointing that they have. See, this goes back to my, my slide, if you remember it, uh, the L-shape. I, I should have a fellowship with Him so that I go and do based in His power. So let me clarify one thing. I mean, there's nothing that you can talk about probably that's going to include everything within the Word of God or why Jesus, I mean, Jesus came to destroy sin. Okay, I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about how you and I can step up to a realm of where what we have within us works and takes us into a level that we've never experienced before. Miracles shouldn't be, oh my goodness, did you hear about the miracle? They should be normal. When people do get sick, we should be able to lay hands on them and they recover. If you go to a restaurant and you get Ebola, it, everybody at the table may get Ebola because the, the food was bad or whatnot. It shouldn't happen to you. Because the Bible says, if you eat any dead of the thing, it, it shall not harm you. There's a level that you and I can live in with the power of God in our life that will change every circumstance of our life or give us the ability to overcome every circumstance if we're willing to find how it works. So what was the last verse I read? Nine? Seven? Nine? Oh, yeah. Okay. And, or eight was the last one I read. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which, oh, yeah, created all things in, in, by Christ Jesus. I read that. To the intent that now unto the principalities and power in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Now I want to read this out of the, the Amplified Version. That's verse 10. For we are God's own handiwork. No, chapter 3, right? I'm in chapter 2. Okay. That the purpose is, 310, that through the church... Wait a minute, who's the church? Church is the body, right? So through us, uh, the purpose is that through the church, through us, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God in all its finite variety and innumerable aspects might now be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities 
principalities and powers in the heavenly sphere. Does that sound, I mean, does that sound like the life you're living right now? Do you, do you put things on notice in the spiritual realm? See, there, there's a realm here that we can live in that's far beyond. Now, am I talking about going to heaven or going to hell? I mean, obviously, if you're going to hell, you're not going to type into this. But I'm not talking about whether you're born again or not born again. I'm talking about two born again people. There's a place that we can live in that, that is far beyond these natural emotional pulls that we struggle with. Now, the biggest thing that you're going to deal with, your brain. Well, I don't really think that matters. Uh, one consideration of Peter, not this one, one consideration of Peter, of water, sunk him. You, think, you really think it doesn't matter? Where your mind is at, what you think, how, how, you, how you approach life, on, on what power you have in him? People's, th this is the thing that really gets me, and I, I get it because I, I've been there too, but it's like, especially in a church like this where, where somebody's going to try to break down and show, why wouldn't we want it? What, what is so good about the struggle we have? I mean, most people are depressed, and if they're not depressed, they're just very unhappy looking. They, they got to go drink in order to feel better. I mean. I'm not depressed. Thank you. Verse 11. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed. Wait a minute. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith, by the faith of him, as long as you're not shy, timid, or otherwise confused. <laughs> now, see, it, it doesn't matter what state you're in. You can have faith in the boldness, and the boldness will operate in you. Yeah. You can have faith in, you know, um, testing, you know, like school test. There's a, a, a certain percentage of people that they just like go blank in a test. Like you say the word test and they like just freeze up, you know? Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a real thing. And, um, but wait a minute. Can I trust in the anointing? Yeah. Like, like anything that would be like that, that would cause me to clam up. Can I trust in the anointing to get through it? Yeah. Will the anointing get me through it? Yeah. Does it fulfill the verse? I can do all things through Christ. See, but we struggle in doing that. But there's, because we're, we're, we're so focused on how we feel about things. And then what happens, because I've told the stories about me. I was like backwards uh, uh, introvert uh, growing up. I mean, I was very shy on, on different things like that. Uh, you probably don't believe it, but there's a few in here that knew me back then. So, I mean, they can, they can verify it. I was, I was, I, and, and when you break out of that, like me, and actually Tammy was very shy also. I, I know, nobody believes that. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, but when she went to uh, Dixie College, she lived in northern Utah, and she went down to southern Utah. It was about, um, I don't know, it's probably five, six-hour drive, something like that. And uh, so she thought, when I, when I go down to school, nobody knows me. So they don't know that I'm shy. I'm just, I'm just going to not be shy. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to break out of it and be somebody different. So through sheer will, she changed. My dad, most of you know him. 
he was he talks about being very shy when he was young and, and he came to a point when he was a teenager so I don't want to live this way and he broke through it so if we're gonna break out of something like that typically what we do is we muster up our will and we push through it and we make ourselves do things until we get comfortable in the new arena but the Bible says that we can trust in Christ and we can we can change based on the anointing working in our life, changing us. I mean, I, I'm running out of time. I, I really want to just kind of go on and talk about that because people struggle with money, like making enough money, especially in the inflation time. Well, the only way I can make more net money is to get a second and a third job, and, and I only got this much time, and I got... No, there's, there's an anointing that gives you power to do that. Well, you don't understand what's going through my body and, and how much I hurt, but there's an anointing that... Do you know that your body, on, on one level, your body is actually designed to heal itself? How come we don't trust in the anointing for our body to do what it was created to do? Why do, why do we have to run to the pharmaceuticals? I feel like I need to stay there for a little bit. Because it makes me feel good. Now, don't we see a problem within that? I'll keep going. Let me just get through these verses. <laughs> In whom also, verse 12, you have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him, whereby, wherefore, um, hang on a second, wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Don't get a, Paul talking about he was called to suffer things for Jesus so that he could show how this grace operates. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We have a name. Our covenant is named. It's Jesus. The, the most mighty, the most mighty uh, name that's ever been, been spoken. Uh, you know, it's different forms in different languages, but in English it's Jesus. But when you say in the name of Jesus, are you just saying in the name of Jesus or do you have faith in something? Do you have faith in your authority to say the name of Jesus? Amen. See, just think about the last time you said, in the name of Jesus, I command this thing. Where are you commanding out of your head? Do you, do you understand how to use the name of Jesus? Why you have that position? Where you, where you put your faith to make it work? Verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Now, I want you to stop and think about this for just a minute. If he grants to us according to the riches of his glory. Now, what's a grant? Somebody said free. Yeah. It's free access. They have grants for college. They give you money to pay for your college expenses, so on and so forth. It's free money. If he grants to us, he freely gives to us according to the riches of his glory. Now, glory means the, the, basically the full manifested presence. Is there, is there, because it's not just money. Although riches, if you look up the Greek word, it's, it's um, wealth, wealth and riches. It's a money word. If he's, so let's just use the money word. If he's going to grant, what does grant mean? If he's going to freely give us the riches 
that are available in the full manifested presence of who he is. How much riches is that? Does that beat your $500 electric bill? Or does that give you enough peace to get through this storm? Watch this. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Have you ever felt like giving up? Is it because you never read this verse? Or is it because we just read over it? See, I'm going to have to trust in the anointing to be strengthened. That's why the Bible comes back and says, let the weak say they are strong. See, but what we typically do is say what we feel. Watch this. Now we're going to get good. Just got, I'm going to read through. You know, you got your chapter this today. We're going to go through the whole chapter, okay? But we only got like five more verses. That Christ, what is Christ? Which created all things from the beginning, which were hid before the foundation of the word, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Right? No. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. You got to believe it. Now, people are talking about Christ dwells in their heart, but they don't believe Christ dwells in their heart because if they believe Christ dwells in their heart, they've got the anointing of God in their heart, which would get them through anything that they're going through. And they have the full riches of the manifested presence of God in their presence. What do you have to be afraid of? What do you have to be concerned about if you have that much of God available to you? <coughs> have you ever felt like God's left you? Be honest. Now, didn't he say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Why do we think God left us? There's a, there, it's one word. Feelings. It feels like it. How many times have you heard him say, you can't live off your feelings? God said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. We have to know that we have the full presence and power uh, of God. Now, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you, say me, being rooted and grounded in love. Now, having faith in the anointing is going to root us or give us stability in <coughs> him and in love. You think you can't love that person? Well, through the anointing you can. Stop looking at the person and how you feel and start having faith in what God has given you. Now, if you see, there's a mystery. Uh, he's talking about this mystery of what you and I can, can live in, but we're going to have faith. We're going to have to have faith in it. Now, watch this. Uh, rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints, so it's available to all of us, what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. I'm going to insert in here of this mystery. How big, how much of God you and I can walk in. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that, wait, 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 I got to double check this word, that you, okay, so this, this is going to start talking about us again, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So how much is in this anointing? All 
the fullness of God. What do you and I have access to? All the fullness of God. When I'm in my biggest, biggest whatever problem is, what do I have available? All the fullness of God. Now unto him, <coughs> we got all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church, in the church. We should be seeing this in the church. Now unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world to come. Now, if you, I got to close on this. If you understood, if I understood, now thinking of Ephesians 3.20, that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Okay? If I understand that I have all the fullness of God and the, the riches of his glory and that I can understand the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth of everything he has, do you think I could ask and think higher than what I can ask and think right now? So if you, you and I could understand that, we, you know, if our asking is right here, that would take our asking way up here and thinking way up here. And guess what God says? He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all, what we can ask or think of here. And, and I come back in this. Listen, I come back in this that uh, we're living below our means. Now, Okay, Pastor, how do you make it work? Well, that's harder. Right now I'm dealing with it's there. But we've got we've to learn how to get over into the realm that we're trusting in the anointing in our lives. That God has given us. If I'm a, a, a born-again, spirit-filled believer, I have access to all elements of God. How much of, how much of God am I going to try to experience? Well, that's going to come back to me. And I go back to the biggest thing that hurts people. They think it doesn't matter. They, they think it's, well, th this is the way I see it. This is what I think. Well, are you living in this unsearchable riches of Christ? Well, no, I'm not. So you might have to get out of your thinking. But see, your thinking's normal to you. My thinking's normal to me. I'm educated. I know how these things work. No, you understand what's working in your life. And, and if you're a person that lays in bed at night worrying, can't fall asleep, you don't know what's going to happen with all the, the things. I had this person not too long ago say, it's just, it's just so scary what we're living in. I'm thinking, no, it's not. I'm, I'm not scared one bit. I, I, you know, I've told the story many times. I've got like a 33-gallon tank on my truck. It costs a lot of money when I fill it up. I don't sit there and try to calculate it out. Just, God, you've got to meet my needs. You, you said you would give me all sufficiency in all things, that you've given me all things pertaining to life, life and godliness. So gas for my life is important. You're just going to have to make it work where I have enough for it all. Amen. And I've got to trust in him. But, but, but it's this realm right here that we don't see the transformation in our life to step into the power of who he is. You know, another big thing is, is what somebody going to say to me? Because you start stepping out in faith, people start telling you, 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 you need to slow down on that stuff. <laughs> it's like, but I'm living better. Yeah, but you don't want to get caught up in that faith stuff, man. You know, that's of the devil. Really? What church do you go to? If without faith it is impossible to please him, 
I'm going to try to please him as much as I can. But pressing out in faith and, and pushing in. Now, we don't get foolish in it. Uh, the Bible does say use wisdom, but a lot of people say using wisdom is using fear. Uh, we we, we got to balance that line. But I tell you what, I, I'd get hungry because darkness is coming like full rage ahead. Uh, you, you better believe that you can overcome it. In fact, just go back and look at yourself on this COVID thing, which has proved out to be really nothing more than a flu. Where did you fall when everybody was talking negative stuff to you? I mean, I'm not beating anybody up. Just look at yourself because you can see where fear hits. Look at yourself with inflation. Are you more in fear or are you more in faith? When, when God has given us power over all things, he said he's overcome the world. There's nothing in this world that's not overcome by him. But you got to look at yourself and say, am I really in faith or am I afraid? And if you're afraid, you need to recognize it so you can deal with it because because you can't live in fear in this life. You've got to be able to overcome all things. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. God, open the eyes of our understanding. Let us see. Lord, I, I'm trying to explain something that's, that's deep. I'm trying to make it simple, but it's not simple. But God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd give us revelation into this to understand what is the depths of your word. This is not an academic book. This is not something we get a Ph.D. in. This is something we get revelation of on how to apply it into our life, how to walk by the authority and power of who you are. God, open the eyes of our understanding. God, let our faith be sparked, Lord Jesus, and let us let us search it out, God, so that we understand it. And Lord, as we leave here tonight, God, we just declare angels have charge over us according to Psalms 91 that we live in safety. Lord, we live in protection in all things. We walk in divine health. Lord, in your goodness and your mercy surrounds us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Call you blessed.